I just bought a new weight bench and adjustable. Yeah, um, you probably dumbbells. paid too much for it and waited too long. I think I got a good deal. Oh, okay. That's subjective. But anyway, your deal sucks, Jason. Yeah. They're 90 pound dumbbells, Jim. So they're pretty expensive. Yes, I'm sure. Oh, I know. Yeah. I know how much that is. Did you hear that? Ninety pounds. You I wanted know. us to know how strong they're adjustable. Yeah. I could adjust them down to twenty five, though. He can only <laughs> do one rep. You, well, you know, like you need to set goals. <laughs> I don't know if you heard me counting, but I did over a thousand <laughs> <laughs> from uh, from Anchorman. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But you know what? You need to set goals. So I'm going to start off at twenty five, and then my goal is to get up to ninety. I like it. Yeah. yeah. So I'm not a pro shop user. No, you're not. They're a great sponsor of ours. And we hear a lot about pro shop from you, Jim. And one thing that's kind of surprising to me in a really good way for them is as I travel, I spend about a third of my life on the road. Yeah. As I travel this year, I've had like three or four different companies yeah. that are all either using pro shop and have amazing things to say about really? it. Really? Or they're like one time I walked in and they were telling me, yeah, that's pro shop on the screen, but we're just like analyzing which ERP we were going to search. They're blowing to. up, Nick. I mean, seriously, I know. I mean, just from talking to Paul, he's a busy man and you're just hearing about him everywhere. I was like, look, I don't use pro shop, but everyone I know who does absolutely loves it. So, but in all seriousness, you're going into these shops across America yeah. and you see it on their yeah. screen and you're like, Oh my God. Yeah. This- I've seen that before. And I'm like, is that pro shop? They're like, yeah. Yeah. And one of them was just a, right on the fence about to pull the trigger. You know, maybe, Paul should run for president in 2024. He <laughs> would have my vote, man. So go to ProShopERP.com for more information. Yep. Welcome to Making Chips. We believe that manufacturing is challenging, but if you are connected to a community of leaders, you can elevate your skills, solve your problems, and hopefully grow your business. I'm your co-host, Jim Carr, and I'm joined by my two affable co-hosts, Jason Zanger and Nick Golner. I thought you were going to say lovely co-host, because well, you've you said are, affable before. I did, have said yeah, affable, yeah. yeah. But affable is, is That's a good, your word. Jim latches onto words, and yeah. then they, just, they become part of his family. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> so how are you guys doing today? I'm doing great. Yeah. Yeah. Nick hasn't been doing great today. No, I have a little headache. Yeah, a he's little... nervously picking his beard. Yes. I was. And then I got and a splinter. I got I know. a splinter from, from your uh, beard? beard hair. Yeah. That's weird. We're at car today. It feels good, huh? Oh, it's yeah. kind of weird, man. I got to be honest. It's We've been in five, six weeks now, and it's still a little weird to be in a new in building. Absolutely. I mean, I was over on Jarvis Avenue for 41 years of my life. It's like really a big upset. Here's a metaphor for you. Okay. Go so ahead. You have a car. You have a car. It's like your trusted car. You've been in it for years. You're really comfortable in it. Literally a car, right? Literally. A car, right? And then you find like it's time for an upgrade and you jump up about 10 years and all the latest oh, yeah. technology and it smells different and it looks different. And like if you buy like, a Tesla? I can't believe this is my car. No, seriously. I, I know exactly what you that's mean. What, like that's what you're shopping electron- like. like if you have a battery operated car instead of a yeah, gas that, car. For me, that would feel like I was on a different planet. Yeah. But I have a hybrid now. You know, yeah, so you do have a, I hybrid, have a hybrid now. Yeah. I just heard that the hybrids are not going to be so, sustainable. So this would be a good analogy because I do have a Tesla and it would be hard for me to go back to buying a gas car. And it would be hard for you to go back to your old building. Oh, it would be impossible for me to go back to my old building. I mean, there's just so much new technology that we use here is unbelievable. What do you like the best about the new building? That there's a Tesla charger in the back of the building? I like that you're here in this building, Oh, God, uh, is he full of crap or what? Don't make me cry, dude. (laughs) I know. 
Very sweet. Jason. Look, he really all, is he affable. All, I you, really mean that. Everybody in this room, everybody in this building, and all the people listening to this show know you no, are so I really mean full that. Of I'm gonna it. come over in there and I give know. you a hug. Yeah. You know, oh God. You know, it's, when I it's come getting in deep in here. Yeah, I get to say I get to see Jim today. That oh, makes yeah. me so happy. I know. I like the design. You got a nice design going, man. Thanks. We had a great architect. Anyway, you know, I wasn't really up for doing an episode today, kind of dealing with some things. And I think we're just going to have a discussion about supply chain today. Yeah, a lot it's of it's our- really a big problem. It's a big problem. Yeah. And th- from what I'm reading, the information that I got in preparation for this episode, they say it's not going to get better anytime soon. So we well, we're need- recalibrating the entire supply chain because of COVID. We're recalibrating and that's the entire take a long time. You know, country. for us to like bring back manufacturing to the United States. That was formerly, say, made in China or something like that because we need a near shore. That's a big deal. Yeah. So the whole impetus it's to almost this like moving episode your building. is I want to stimulate everyone's thoughts about this supply chain issue that we have and talk about some proactive ways we can mitigate it. Because we're all running businesses, it's going to at least stay the way it is now, if not get worse, into 2022, and it's going to change our lifestyle on so many different levels. Yeah. So let's just talk about that in just a bit. But before we go there... But wait, there's more. There is more. There is more. There's got to be a better there's way. There's got to be a better the unexpected. You know how we used to ask, like, Jason, what's new at Zangers Black? Nick, what's new at AME Goldner? And Jim, how's things at Car? Guess what we're going to talk about now? We're going to talk about the things that you, the three of us, respectively, like. Hey, right? Jim. Hey, what? Expect the unexpected. Expect the unexpected. You don't know what that's from? Uh, the Twilight you? Zone? No. You shouldn't know what this is. It's from uh, the show Big Brother. Is that oh, what it is? Yeah. Uh, no. Okay. Not me. I don't watch Big Brother. You watch all those shows. So what do you like? What, so what exactly thing? do you want to talk about? You guys know, and I'm sure the Metalworking Nation, if they've been listening to this show long enough, know that I, I'm very passionate about music. Look at my company. Yeah, I've got Backstreet Boys, got, New Edition. I don't listen to them particularly. REO but, Speedwagon. But I thought we would ask each other, like, I'm going to ask you, Jason. Everyone knows you like to read books, and you're kind of like, you know, your nose is always high. I'm reading this book. I'm here. Yeah. You're a book snob. Yeah, you're a book snob. I thought you're, we were going to, oh, yeah, definite book snob. I thought we were going to ask each other what's in your hands and what's on your heart. Oh, like, no, small we're group. not going to do that. No, but I'm going to ask you. So, what are you reading? It's from that other podcast that you and I listen to. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what oh, I'm talking about? Gosh. Oh, you listen to other podcasts? Yeah. Uh, of oh, okay. Which one? Fierce Marriage. Oh, yeah. There you go. Is that what it is? <laughs> yeah. It's it's supposed to be questions you ask your wife, not your not well, not, not your guy friends. <laughs> we're, sure. we're not going to ask you questions like that. What are you reading? What are you reading? So that whole when I said expect the unexpected, and it's from the show Big Brother. So that's from the book 1984 which I haven't read that in a long time, but I think it's very relevant nowadays. So I might reread it and I'm trying to get my wife to read it. But what I'm reading right now is actually a fiction book. So I haven't read a fiction book in a long time. I mean, like I've just been reading like business books and yeah, we know, you know, we trying know. to amplify the metalworking nation knows. Keep it short. So I'm reading a fiction book right now. My wife consumes like two fiction books a week. So I'm like, what's the best book that you've read in a long time? Because I just want to read something good. And so she recommended this John Grisham book called Camino Island. So that's what I'm reading. Oh, that's it's, cool. You know, it's kind Actually, of a I commend you for thriller. doing that because that's not really your brand. No, but it's nice because it just you gives don't me the seem op- like a fiction guy. 
I don't usually, but yeah, it just gives me the opportunity to just sit back at nighttime and relax a little bit. Yeah. Read a story about I mean, somebody else. Like get out of my where like oh, they're no. having sex no, no, no. all the time, no, it's actually... lusting each other. No. No, oh, okay. it's not a romantic novel. No, oh. it's not. No, it's not about <laughs> that at all. Jason wouldn't read wow. that. <laughs> Jason so, would not read that. That's so funny because uh, um no, wait, what's that one that all the women read? Like for the last few years. Oh, uh, Fabio. Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh, no. And there's yeah, always like a, Fabio on the cover. Fabio, <laughs> he has like a white shirt. You know what's funny? What's is Fabio is, I believe he, either Fabio is from Chicago or no. his brother lives in Chicago. I've seen him before oh, and he God. looks like a less fit, a little bit skinnier version of him, but has the same long hair. Like he lives in Chicago. Oh, man, that is Isn't fabulous. That, yeah. Oh, that is, kind of is just fabulous. I saw him at a, saw him at a festival He's got to have the hair, you know? Yeah. Got to have the hair. So anyway, so now I'm reading... So you're reading that. John Grisham. It's about a famous author whose original manuscript was stolen. Yeah. Cool. And it's very good to get out of my own head, get out of business, relax at nighttime, and just get away. And I would say for all the manufacturing leaders out there, you need to do that. Like, don't just read a business book at nighttime or else your mind's going to be going at nighttime and yep. keep yourself awake. Read something to get out of your own head for yep. a little bit. Cool. Nick, I think I know the answer, but what sport are you watching now? You do know the answer. It's Tonight's a, it's the night. football, man. Boom. Yeah, I got all sorts of things going on. Fantasy football. I got a little bit of wagers going on, you know. That's good. I know you do like to gamble a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. That's okay. Well, it's like this crazy boom, you know, because now you can do it all. You don't have to go to a sports phone. You get all these apps. Yeah. So it's fun, man. It makes it more interesting. Cool. It's kind of like the stock market, right? So you you study what you think is going to happen, and then you bet on the stocks that you think are going to increase. Yeah, I don't do that. you can do that with like players. All right, Jim, so what music are you listening to? My music interests have been all over the place for the last few decades, but right now, my main core that I'm listening to is electronic chill and deep house, which is what I have playing at my business because it's soothing to me. So for me, like your fiction books... When I listen to music, it totally takes me to another place and I don't really centers me and it clears my head and I can really do things while I'm listening to music. Yeah. But not only that am I listening to, the newest thing that I'm listening to is I'm listening to the new Maroon 5 album. Oh, I like them. It's called Jordy, J-O-R. Have you seen them live? Yes, twice. Yeah, I've seen them twice They were just at Wrigley Field two weeks ago. My son went. He said it was fabulous. I saw them at Ravinia. Yeah. Yeah, they're really good Ravinia is great. Yeah. Yeah. So Jordy, it's Maroon 5 and it's a little electronic. So it's kind of, it kind of has that electronic element to it. So if you like music, if you like diversity, if you like electronic and you like Maroon 5, you know, check it out. I'm into music too, Jim. And I remember like when Kanye West made this shift to like more electronic music and yes. he came out with like his, I forgot what the album's called, but it was a lot of like love songs, but they were very like, kind of like electronic and that type of beat. What you're talking about, I was like, I didn't like his old stuff, but I like his new stuff and that stuff. Oh, College so, Dropout, you didn't like that? That was a great album, dude. No, I'm not really into that. So moving on, I just think, think that was a new way for us to share with the metal working yeah, nation what we're doing. Relatable. A little bit more personal. Sure. Yeah. And you know, everyone has their own things that they enjoy. And I think it's good yeah, it's that good. we can share that diversity. You know what so, I enjoy? I enjoy manufacturing news. Please deliver that to me. Good segue. Before we got the manufacturing news, I have a little breaking news. So we had that group text with Titan and he confirmed the date. So we're going to go out there soon and go yeah, have a chat with him. How so, cool is yeah, that? So that'll be fun. Breaking news. Yeah. Making chips and the Titan of Texas. We're going to do a collaboration. Cool. So, yeah, my manufacturing news for this week is U.S. manufacturing activity rises, but shortages linger. So, again, we're talking shortages. Again, we're talking supply chain issues. But the fact is, 
is manufacturing still is pushing up as these shortages and supply chain woes linger. That's the number one thing on our minds. It's just dealing with, can this, we just get some motors? I know. <laughs> I need motors. You know, I like, my dad used to always share these ISM, these manufacturing purchasing reports to me when I was a young man growing up in the business. So likewise, I follow them as well. The ISM said its index of national factory activity Mm -hmm. was up to 59.9 last month from reading a 59.5 in July, a reading above 50. What, Nick, indicates expansion? Growth. It growth. Expansion to manufacturing, which accounts for nearly 12% of the U.S. economy. Economist polls by Reuters had forecasted the index to fall. So we got a problem, Jason. Manufacturing continues its upward trend. Mm -hmm. Capacities are, everyone's at capacity. All these machine shops, all these most machine shops are at or near capacity. And we're having trouble getting aluminum, brass, steel, and finished goods. Everything. Finished yes. goods, too, man. And that's what we're going to talk we're about. We're having trouble just getting containers so that we can ship the goods right. in the right place right. at the right time. Yep. So that's what we're going to talk about. So we have this problem, and it's huge. They go on and they're dubbing it now the great supply chain disruption. That's what they're calling this era that we're going through now. Like when we had the Great Recession in 2008, yeah. this is now being branded the Great Supply what Chain was it called? Disruption. The labor episode we just did. The, great, the, resignation. The great Resignation. The Great Resignation. The Great Resignation. We have a lot of greats going on. I think people yeah. just like to brand stuff in order to write articles. But I think, you know, whenever <laughs> you're, when we talked about this, whenever you're making a change and it's a systemic change, it's going to cause disruption. If you're going to move from building to building, it's going to cause a disruption. I mean, you experienced that, Jim. It was. I mean, no matter how much planning, no, no matter how much planning you put into it, it's going to cause a disruption. When you move your manufacturing from one country to another, it's going to cause a disruption. Right. So, this should have been expected. Yeah. So let's start out there. So let's talk about reshoring. You know, this is not an uncommon word that making ships has just come to realize. We've been talking about oh for years. reshoring for years. Yes. Guess what? I think now, right now, today, it's never been more relevant than it ever has. Yep. yep. So guess what? Everything we've been talking about for the last five years on making chips or peer-to-peer conversations, reshoring is real right now. Oh, yeah. Well, and we've talked about it, like call it nearshoring. Yes. So like you manufacture goods for the North American market in Canada, United States, or Mexico. And South Americans got their own, Africa, Asia. I mean, this is something that it kind of just makes sense to a certain degree. What do you think is driving the reshoring initiative right now, today? What pushed us into that? Well, COVID did. COVID, exactly. Because during COVID in 2020, I would say it started getting really bad around May, June, July, is everything that was coming from overseas just halted or significantly decreased. They couldn't get the big ships through the Panama Canal. There were people were staying home once they did get to the ports like in Long Beach, California or in New Jersey where everything comes in from those ports. People weren't working. People were social distancing. 
there weren't enough people to take it off the ships. Well, so, one of the changes that's also happened over the years, and this is over a longer period of time, is that when China started kind of like rethinking their business environment and they started to incorporate like more free market or capitalistic tendencies into their them as a communist country, they wanted to be a export economy. Like they wanted to ship goods out of their country. Well, they didn't necessarily have the technology in order to do that for like high-end goods. So they started exporting really low-end goods. Well, they've caught up or catching up and, you know, it depends on yeah, the, no, we the need actual to good. Catch up, but... Yeah. And so now they aren't as focused on being an export economy as they are with making their own branded goods for their people. And it's going to kind of change things. It's going to kind of change the dynamics. And you've also got the question from a political standpoint is like, how close or how aligned do we want to be or are we with some of these other countries? And that makes a big difference. Yeah, right? there's a national security element. And too. a national security element. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, that's a great point. I just saw an announcement, you know, like when you think about airplanes, you know, you think about Airbus and Boeing. Airbus is is French, Boeing is American. And China wants to have their own large commercial aircraft manufacturing they, with their own brand, you know, so that's going to become a factor If that's what they want to do, that's great. Go for it. Right. I mean, exactly. Listen, Metalworking Nation, if this pandemic has taught me one thing, it's that we need to accelerate our digital transformation. Can't get into shops the same way anymore. Business isn't done the same way as it once was, and it's only going to continue to trend in that direction. Let me tell you about a company that is doing just that. It's Zometry. So what is Zometry? Zometry is custom manufacturing on demand. They have over 5,000 partners, and their network has the capacity you need for prototyping and production. They're AS9100 and ISO 9001 certified, registered with ITAR. You can get an instant quote today for any of the services that you might need, whether it be CNC machining, 3D printing, injection molding, sheet metal, finishing services. You can even buy materials. Zometry is trusted by the engineers and purchasing leaders at the world's most successful companies like BMW, GE, NASA, Dell, and Bosch. Listen, if you want to turbocharge the way you make custom parts, check out Zometry. It's really easy. X-O-M-E-T-R-Y dot com and you can get a quote today. So here's the thing. So we're going through this global pandemic. We're in 2020. Everyone's staying home from work. No one's going outside. What is everybody doing? They're still working. Well, Nick's playing video games and watching sports. Stimu I don't play video games. I watch sports, though. Yeah. They're getting stimulus money from the, our government. Right. And what's everybody doing? They're going online to Amazon, and they're buying all these low-cost things that come are being sourced from China, i.e. exercise bikes, mixers, things for the home. And they're driving the these purchases all around because you know people can't go outside they can't be with other people so they're in their house they don't know what to do they're buying so they're TVs. on social media they see stupid ads and then they buy stuff and they're buying tvs <laughs> right because they're watching tv they're on their computer they're buying headsets they're i just bought a new weight bench and adjustable yeah um, you probably dumbbells. paid too much for it and waited too long i think i got a good deal oh okay well that's subjective but anyway so your deal sucks jason yeah they said they're 90 pound dumbbells, Jim. So they're pretty expensive. Yes, I'm sure. Oh, I know. Yeah. I know how much that is. Did you hear that? 90 pounds. You I wanted know. us to know how strong they're adjustable. Yeah. I could adjust them down to 25, though. He can only <laughs> do one rep. You, well, you know, like you need to set goals. <laughs> I don't know if you heard me counting, but I did over a thousand <laughs> <laughs> from uh, from Anchorman. <laughs> exactly. 
<laughs> but you know what? You need to set goals. So I'm going to start off at 25 and then my goal is to get up to 90. I like it. Yeah. yeah. So getting back to this, because we do want to provide some information for the metalworking nation to mitigate the supply chain shortages. It's kind of funny that you would mention that because you and Jim always like to have like push-up competitions. So I don't know why you're giving me crap. Well, but I don't talk to the metalworking nation oh, about so that's how many off, push-ups that's I That's off, Mike. Well, how now, big my dumbbells well, now, are. Now everybody knows that you and Jim challenge each other to a push-up competition all the time. <laughs> we do. Well, we don't all the time, but we have. Once in a while, you yeah. know, I got to burn off some steam. <laughs> yeah. The macro, yeah, okay, the supply chain's crazy. What are all the geopolitical reasons for that? Yes, That's what are, great, what are but they? like, I don't think the metalworking nation needs to really dive into it. They're just trying to figure out how to deal Navigate. with the customer on the other end of the phone who's like, where the hell are my yeah, where, Where's my stuff? Yeah. yeah. So what it's happening is it's creating demand. Demand for stuff. What happens when there's a demand for anything? Whew. The mm-hmm. price starts to skyrocket. Right. That's what we're seeing right now in raw materials, your weight equipment, cars. I mean, we all know that they cannot get chips for cars. I have a friend that manages a GMC dealer, new cars. Mm-hmm. She told me, Jim, if you're thinking about buying a new car right now, don't do it. It is the worst yeah. time ever, ever in history to buy a new car. Prices are so high. A friend of ours, looked at a new Escalade and they wanted 20,000 above sticker for it. I swear to God. Really? It's that bad. Wow. All the cars, the people want, of course, all the bells and whistles on the cars. You can't even get the cars with them loaded anymore because it all requires a chip, right? And there's a chip shortage. And there's a chip shortage. So what has even made it worse, the information I've got is... So with regard to the chip shortage, everyone's buying PCs, laptops, TVs, monitors, right? Mm. So they're the ones that are getting the chips for those particular electronic problem things. The automotive industry can't get them, period. Because they probably want a That's lower cost That's why chip. Toyota, did you hear that like GM just shut down a major production facility last week? Because they have no chips. They have nothing. I was they cannot a, continue production because they do not have product. I was at a machine tool builder yesterday, and they can't get their controls. They can't get the controls. So what do they do? So now they're selling manual machines. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, well. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you have a product, a piece of capital equipment that's completely finished, and you can't really do anything with it because you can't get one thing. And for us, it's the motors for chip conveyors. That's why I was joking about the mm. motors. We got all these completely finished chip conveyors that we need to ship to the machine tool builder right. or the machine tool dealer. They're just sitting there waiting for motors. But we did just get a bunch of motors in like this week. So good. Yes. Oh, good. You yeah. finally get those well, out the door. We bought every one we could possibly buy. Good for you. <laughs> did you pay a premium for it? I don't know. I, you okay. know, I don't know what the supply chain I people mean, do. In, in I next- just I need to know when we have motors so I can tell my customer that I'm actually going to be able to start shipping with a reasonable lead time. So in that kind of a situation, do you look at sourcing those motors from like another manufacturer than who you had previously partnered with? So the motor manufacturer is a Japanese company. Mm-hmm. We like did an end around because our American contacts, the people for that Japanese sure. company in the US, they weren't doing anything for us. Yeah. So we talked to our Japanese partner and we got in contact with their actual leaders in yeah. Japan. Yeah. Like we they, just said, you know what? You're not helping us. 
Well, I don't know if it's that they're not trying to help you. It's just probably there's a um, there's trying, a cultural and, pro- and a proximity advantage that yeah. you know somebody in Japan is going to have. And so it's just about the responsiveness, you know. Yeah. So you were able to resolve it, so you didn't have to source them from somewhere else. Are you going to look no, into? We, no, we did. Yeah, oh, we okay. have a second supplier. Are you going to look into getting them from the United States instead? Yeah. Okay. So it opens the door. You got to be on your p's and q's. Yeah. Everyone's looking for extra suppliers when they can't get stuff on time. Right. Yeah, that's exactly. a challenge. So it's an, it creates opportunities. It does that create you've opportunity never had before. Nick. Yeah. And it also can close the door if you were maybe resting on your laurels. Here's yeah. what's happening in manufacturing and machine shops. So you've got the demand. OEMs need to make product, right? The demand is there for product. Hmm. They have to have it manufactured. So they have their normal vendors, suppliers that they use to manufacture piece parts. Yep. They're at their normal vendor base is at capacity. They cannot do any more. What was once four, five, six weeks delivery is now 10, 12, 14 weeks. Mm -hmm. So what do they do? They have to go out and it gets an opportunity for us, Car Machine and Tool, to start working with a new OEM, right? And then Car Machine and Tool gets busy. And then Car Machine and Tool gets busy, and the cycle just repeats itself. We run into that same type of situation. So like, if you think about us as a small cutting tool distributor, we're a lot more nimble than, say, like our national competitors. We just scored a a huge deal from a national tooling distributor with a three-letter acronym and they weren't able to help the customer out in certain situations where the manufacturer, the cutting tool manufacturer was out and they just simply told the client, sorry, it's going to be eight weeks before you get those tools. And we were able to convert the client over to another manufacturer and get their production up and going. And this is what we do every day. And it's easy for us. And it's like, okay, so if this DNMG insert isn't going to be available for six weeks, we need to switch you over to something else. And these things are not very hard to do. But when you're a small company like ours, you're able to you are make nimble. those transitions yes. and you're able to be nimble with the supply chain in order to meet that demand, as opposed to a larger company that you deal with somebody in customer service and they're like, yeah, we're out of that. And that's literally the end of the conversation and they don't know any more to do and their person out on the street isn't any more educated either. So I think, Jim, for you, you're having an influx in sales because you're able to adapt. We're having an influx of sales because we're able to adapt too. And I think that that's a big part of being able to move around the supply chain in a way that helps your clients more effectively. Sure. Hey guys, you know, I've been trying to locate a machine monitoring system that is easy to install with minimal onboarding, right? I have to tell you, Amper Technologies reached out to me. Akshat, their founder, has been on the show before. He sent me two units to install on my CNCs under their 30-day pilot program. It's been nothing but easy peasy. Ryan snapped them on. We waited a few days to validate and collect the data, and away we go. Check them out at amper.xyz and look under products. For their pilot program. Bam. So I don't want to beat this to death and I wanted to keep this episode a little on the shorter side. So we need to beat the supply chain though. We've got a problem. 
Yeah. They say it's not going away anytime soon. It's going to... And it's not just lead times, the price. It so price, all the prices I, are... Up. I know. Once, I'm ready to increase my clients now because I'm getting hit You with, have to. And so everyone's dealing with it, right? Yeah, everyone's dealing with it. One thing my brother says a lot is like, we're not going to be the link in the supply chain that absorbs all the cost increase. No, we can't be. It's not sustainable. Well, I think part of like this big influx of money into the economy by the federal government like they know that it's going to cause increases in prices and the supply chain is also contributing to that but like all of these factors coming together guess what we're going to have guys inflation yeah inflation yeah. i mean it, like it, that's, that's all there exactly. is to it yeah and they're trying to hold it back because inflation does stop growth yeah and they're going to be to a certain degree but at the same time wages keeps up we'll be okay i mean you know the same financial people that i know and everyone's mm-hmm. saying that they're holding steady on interest well, rates so let's hope that we hit yeah they're saying 2022 yeah. is not going to be I've much heard different that, than- i heard that too but it could happen in a few years so let's let's hope that the technology that's in place right now from like an inflation standpoint is better than it was like in the 1920s which i assume it is but like it's going to happen eventually. It, you know what the percentages are going to look like is the question. Yeah, and what how do you rapidly? Like, what's the cost of money going to look like three, four, five years from now? I don't know. Well, it's exactly. going to cost more than it is today. Well, the should, one thing, it should. I could see it. So I've got a team in the Philippines, and I know for a fact that like I started paying them in Philippine pesos because it's the, pesos. That's what they call it. Really? Yeah, okay. because they um I think they had a lot of Spanish influence. Oh, okay. You know, yeah. like a lot of like one of the guys' name is Giancarlo and really? you know, yeah. Okay. Anyway, and they have a lot of like Spanish last names and stuff like that too. So anyway, I started paying them in their currency as opposed to in American dollars, even though it costs me more money because of some of these things, but I want to make sure that my people are paid well. So mm-hmm. Yeah. So what are some tips we can give the metalworking nation to mitigate the pain of long lead times, higher pricing? Well, Jim, I just gave you one, which is, to be, which is as a small company, we can be more nimble. So we can move around the supply chain and we don't have to say, well, that's the source that I have to get it from and I can't do anything about it. You know what I mean? We could be nimble and say, okay, I'm going to move from A to B in order to solve this problem. You know, I'm going to move from this A player to Zengers or I'm going to move from this A player to Car in order to help myself out in the supply chain. What about automation? Because if we're at capacity... We're, well, yeah, you as a um, as yeah, a manufacturer, as a manufacturer, you can help with to automation implement automation like on the shop floor yeah. is going to help our capacity problem, right? And you know, as a company, I mean, we look at automation too. It's hard to hire people, right? So, it's, like, as more sure. customers start coming to us, it's like, okay, I need to hire people, but I can't find those people to hire. So, we use software to automate. So, like, a lot of times, if you send us a car machine PDF PO. We've got software that reads your PO and, right. and automatically inserts it into our ERP system yep. so that nobody has to re-enter it. And like you can use robots at your machine tools. So like you use those things in order to take on more business with the same number of people. You bet. I think the tip that I would give is double down on communication. So everyone's dealing with this stuff, right? So price increases. So we sell through distribution. Sometimes there's a price quoted to an end user and then we come in with a price increase and that company had our cost factored into the price that they quoted right. and they can't exactly go back to the end user and say, hey, by the way, it's going to be more because our costs were increased. Yeah. So we, they want a heads up, right? And it's not that like they can't accept the price increases. Everyone has to. We have to. Our customers are going to have yeah, to. Yeah, we have to pass it along. It's not that they absolutely can't accept a late delivery. Because everyone's dealing with it. They're probably late for things. 
the anger comes in when you didn't tell him as soon as you knew. Mm-hmm. Right. You let him know the day before, yeah. oh, by the way, hey, here's this. That's when yes, people get pissed. That is, that people yeah. get pissed when, yeah. You, yeah. when you say Because it's like, minute. all right, we're dealing with this. We're all in it together. It sucks. No one wants to hear about a price increase or extended lead time. Right. But let but him when know. When you knew and you didn't tell him. Yes. You knew three weeks ago you could have told me that and I could have prepared a little bit better. Right. Exactly. That's what we, you know, we call it proactive communication. And we try to convey that information as far ahead as we possibly can. Sometimes it's difficult. It's difficult to go out that far, but it's also difficult to deliver. You hate to disappoint your customer and give them that bad news. But at the end of the day, I think their understanding of what's happening in industry and the economy right now. So they're going to be much more gracious in accepting that bad news. But only if you communicate early and often. Exactly. Okay. So all of these things are kind of converging communication, hiring people and stuff like that. And I just had a meeting with a new client who makes capital equipment for the medical industry. Let's just say that. So large equipment for medical parts are coming in from like various parts of the world. And she's having a really hard time. And what she's telling me is that she's just getting on the phone every single day and making sure that she's calling all of the players that are involved in all of the parts that are coming in every single day and making sure that her issues get resolved at the moment that they need to get resolved. Because a lot of times these companies, they don't even have a lot of times it depends on the situation. They might not have the the manpower, the staff to be proactive with trying to inform you as far as what's going on. So she says, forget it. I'm going to get on the phone. I'm going to be the squeaky wheel. I'm going to make sure that my issue gets taken care of before everybody else does. And sometimes you have to be proactive and do that. You have to. Yeah, you got to push through. So anyway, at the end of the day, we need aluminum to make chips because that's what we do. We're a chip making company. And if you're not making chips, you're not making money. Bam. Bam. Thanks for listening to the Making Chips podcast. Jim and Jason knew that the metalworking nation, the community of world-class makers, needed to commit to a new way of leading to stay ahead of the competition. So, Making Chips was created to fill that void, to give you advice from other manufacturing leaders who can push you to take action. Your manufacturing challenges have a solution. And many of them are at makingchips.com.